0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lindney House. Episode 112. Hello, hello my lovely friend and welcome to the In Her Eyes podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist and space coach, here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous, peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. apologizing for publishing my podcast last week without the intro sound. So if you listen to the episode, I I greatly appreciate you and thank you. Today's episode is something that is so near and dear to my own heart that I'm going to try really hard to stay, stick to my notes, to stay on topic, because there's so many different tangents that we could go off on, and it's one of the reasons I love working with people on this topic. For those of you who are new here, just to give you a brief background on how this podcast came to be, how my business came to be when I left my corporate job running a design center almost four years ago now. In the role that I was in, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of parents and their children on redesigning their room, mostly painting their room because I didn't it's only a handful of times was I brought in to to help them with the full design process. And in the times that I had that opportunity, I was able to bring in the skills that I had learned myself as a, a child who was hypersensitive to spaces and things and the energy of things and without even knowing it, some of the ways that I found to deal with adolescence to deal with with childhood issues I found that I was upon reflection certainly not cognizant of it at the time But the more that I learned about design principles, energy principles, I saw patterns that I brought into helping my children with their spaces. We had the opportunity to design their rooms multiple times due to hardships, due to, you know, difficulties in life Um, and also good things, you know, moving from one house to the next, moving after my divorce, uh, moving into, you know, a couple different houses and working with them to make sure they felt as grounded as they could in their transition. Uh, Of course, there's a piece of me that wishes that I, you know, could go back with what I knew now, what I know now and apply it then. But, you know, life is a learning process and I have the opportunity to help others and, you know, still continue to support my, my own children in their journey and look back upon those times and see where things could have been different, but they weren't. And see, you know, what was good in those times and and how many of those good things carried us forward. And that comes down to creating a safe and healing space that supports your child's unique individual individuality their unique expression of an experience of life and the more that i've learned about the energy of color and interwoven the information into personal uh, you know aligning them with personal preferences and the energetics of a space and how you can create an atmosphere an environment that supports all of you mentally physically spiritually emotionally i believe emotional is, is a piece of all of those things but colors have the ability to do so much more than just make a space visually pleasing or, you know, even to the next level, inspiring or help you to, you know, love a space. And we can take these, these pieces of information and we can apply them to the personalities, the physical issues that our children experience in, you know, their own journey here on earth and put them together to help support them in a way that's not really talked about. There's more influence than ever on our children from the outside. And it starts so young our children identify with things that they with characters that they see on TV, they tell, you know, the television shows and they they ha- they play an emotional role in their in our children's experience of life. And very early on, our children attach color meaning to these emotional experiences is a beautiful example of how connected our children really are to their emotions and their environment. Often I've worked with, with people on setting up a nursery. And many times they're aware of the developmental benefits of different aspects of the room that they're creating. A Child psychology has studied this very well in the way that the brain forms. But then sometime around three or four, our children start to express a need to take control of their space they're shaping their own personality and they want to they wanted to speak to them and many times there's and and i i'm always excited when i get get invited i'm always excited at every stage because i love the interaction but they start expressing their needs. And I'm going to share with you some of the experiences that I've had of working with parents and children, situations that they've come up against. Uh, Really, this topic could be a whole book. And like I said, I'm going to try to stay. I'm going to try to keep it to the most important points for you. And I do want to remind you before I get to the end and forget that I do have a complete course that involves a consultation with me that takes you through not necessarily the color aspect of what I'm going to share with you today, But the design aspect and then we usually we work together on there is there is a fair amount about color in there, but not specifically color as healing tools that I'm going to talk about today. But how to design a space that supports the wholeness of your child and all of their needs is something that I've offered since the inception of my business. And it is, it's a four-part course with a workbook that is designed to facilitate communication between you and your child. And I've had people use the workbook as young as, you know, three or four years old. And, and there's places where the child is supposed to do some journal and reflection work and some dreaming, some big dreaming. And, If they can't write yet, you can write for them. You can ask them the questions and let, or I've had instances where, you know, I gave them crayons and paper or the parents gave them, I instructed the parents to give them crayons and paper and let them just start to let their dreams and their imaginations go on to the paper. And we could use that as a a springboard for what we were working from. And as our children grow, they, that outside influence is, is, becomes even larger. There's more points that it's coming in from. So it, it's not, you know, just what they might see on TV or where they, you know, went on vacation somewhere. Oftentimes they'll, they'll, they'll bring, elements of that back into what they want to create. But as they get older, they're also influenced by, you know, first their friends, schoolmates, and then social media comes in and there's influence there. And it can get overwhelming. And there is a place where too much information interferes with the process of creation and it's no longer authentic and supportive, or as authentic and supportive as it can be. There's certainly value in education and and outside influence, but knowing, really distilling the information, distilling your child's unique personality and their unique needs into a space is one of the greatest gifts that you can give your child in support of them and their growth and their development so the very first thing I want to talk about in talking about color in your child's room is wall paint many times I've seen because wall paint is relatively inexpensive it's much cheaper than something like bedding provides a powerful change in a space which we're going to just remember that one of the reasons that we gravitate towards wall paint in a child's room and and Many times give them, you know, free range to choose what their, you know, what they want their walls to be painted. It, we're we're going to go back to the fact that it, it, it has a powerful influence when we start talking about the power of color as it works in different bodily systems. And I'm not going to go into every color because I've done that before and you can always go back to that. Colors that, you know, when we've discussed color before, what applies to you certainly also applies to to your children, even if it's their favorite color, even if they're insisting on a color. I'm going to, I, my course was designed to show you ways to incorporate it in ways that supports them, but doesn't overwhelm them. When I was working at the paint store, I learned a lot about paint that I didn't know beforehand. I had a lot of health problems as a child. And I was also an artist. I I painted a lot. I, I taught myself to paint. And I didn't know about a lot of the bad things that were in the paint that I was working with when I was really young that luckily children aren't as exposed to now as as they used to be. But still the things that make paint, to make the pigments in the paint, not all of them are healthy for your children. And the more pigment some paints have, the more toxic they are. And and this, this is one place that the government has done a wonderful job. I know there's a lot of talk about government regulation and how it shouldn't step in. But paint is far and away one of the best places that... And, you know, you're going to find some 80-year-old old-school painters that are going to complain about this. But when the science started to show that these toxic chemicals that, you know, people were putting in their children's rooms were having adverse effects on them, the government stepped in and made a lot of changes. And one of the reasons that I primarily use Benjamin Moore paints if you've ever worked with me one-on-one you know that I always specify Benjamin Moore paints is because they led the industry now I mean, they have great colors I, don't get me wrong I love Benjamin Moore colors and I know how they're going to work but they led the industry on getting the toxins out of the paint specifically the paint that went into children's rooms one of the first products that they created is no longer on the market because it was as a painter it was pretty crappy to work with to be quite honest but their heart was in the right place and i when people when when companies make business decisions that are for the good of the customer. I am very loyal to those companies, extremely loyal, maybe even loyal to a fault sometimes. But it was really important to start to get, because the government regulations came down that they were to take the VOCs, the volatile organic compounds out of the paint and they had to fall below a certain level. But several companies skirted some of the government recommendations by not altering the pigments, which are the most, were, were the parts of the paint that, complain, that contain the most toxins. Because they weren't physically in the paint, they could get away with labeling them as having come down to the standards that were recommended. So I'll get off that soapbox, but I do want you to remember that you want to be, when you're selecting paint for your child's room, the more intensely colored that it is, the more pigment that's in the paint, unless it is a company that uses only VOC free pigments you're bringing endocrine disruptors which that's your your hormonal system nervous system disruptors into your child's room and there's a big difference between there being one wall of that because it's based on the the amounts that are in there that fall you know that that have to fall below these these standards for health are based on the amount so if you're painting a whole room a dark pink or dark purple where it takes you know two it well it always takes two coats but you know maybe three or four coats with an inexpensive paint or some of the paints out there that say they cover in one coat are actually really 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 thick and heavy and so it's you know it, it may say it takes only one coat but one coat takes almost the whole can of paint you're still putting a tremendous amount of these you know these toxins on in in your child's room unless you select a paint like Benjamin Moore where the colorant is 100% volatile organic compound free, VOC free. So when you're making your decisions on what you need to do, that's just a piece of information that I'd like you to have to be aware. The information that I'm gonna give you about the different aspects of color, much of that was derived from Ina Ina Segal's book, The Secret Language of the Body and the sections on color. She's had that book. If you're a listener to the podcast, you know that the digital version of that book uh, was, Amazon was offering it in January for $1.99. By the time this episode comes out, I believe that 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 deal is over but if this is a, a topic that you're interested in, I still recommend that you you, you get this book as a reference material. Because I go back to this, I was just looking through my book before I hit record, and <laughs> I started to realize like how fallen apart this book is. And I did actually get the digital version as well, just so I have it on hand when I'm you know out on consultation. And because my copy of this book is, is so dangerously um, dilapidated. But I I really do recommend having this as reference tools. And when you're working with your children moving into those like late adolescent stage and those early teenage years when they're getting that Information from outside influences, and they don't see you as, and it's something we we all go through at some point. They don't see you necessarily as a a source of credible information. That's a an that is nothing against you. It's an important part of our child's development, and the more eagerly we accept that point, the or, the or that process the the better we can support our children in that. But I recommend having something like this for them to go into so they can start to take responsibility of what they want to create instead of, you know, taking them to the paint store and I'm going to tell you a few stories. I've shared some of these with you before on the podcast but if you're new here it's it's really important to look at these some of these stories in new light. But having resource material material that you can refer to that they can refer to and sometimes I love using this in the design process when It's something you want to work on that might not be a permanent situation when it's something that's cropping up that we want to deal with. You know, maybe they're moving into a new friend group because of joining a new sport and struggling a little bit with that. They're, you know, introducing some turquoise, introducing a little bit of orange into their space can help with those that's that sense of self-consciousness or or maybe they are exploring a new craft or art form and they're really excited about it. And one way you can support them is bringing in colors that support them. Or maybe they're suddenly in, you know, AP classes and, you know, they're experiencing a whole new level of schoolwork has been easy up until this point. And suddenly it's hard and they're overstimulated in a space that used to bring them joy. There's ways to use color to re- to bring down that anxiety and support their nervous system, help create Focus, help. They might not have ever had to. I experienced this as a child when I moved, or not a child. You know, as a young adult moving from everything always being, you know, school was just kind of easy for me, and then all of the sudden it got really hard, and I had a lot of. I had. I had some gastrointestinal problems as a child, but when things got hard they got a lot worse a lot worse and if and I look at the colors that I gravitated to during that time and they were colors like all of a sudden yellow like I wanted yellow I wanted yellow and it was really hard to find and you know knowing what I know now about color and how it's how it supports that solar plexus, energetic, bringing all the things together, part of who we are, it makes so much sense. So when you start to talk about wall color for your child, before you start to pick the color It's important to determine whether you're going to paint the whole space or paint isolated spaces. Or if there's a way to bring, if it's a strong color, or if it seems to be something that comes out of nowhere, you know, all of a sudden they're interested in this color, start to think about how you can incorporate it into their space in a way that doesn't oversaturate or overwhelm them. I like to bring human design into the clients that I work with. And I know it's a complicated subject and it requires some, some knowledge, but that's just one aspect of knowing whether a color is going to overwhelm your child or support them. If it's a color they're gravitating towards, it's a color they're asking asking for. One hundred percent, I want to work it into their space, into their design. But knowing how much is something that I I proceed with caution. And I know that is not a popular opinion, and it's not the way that that most of us go about designing a space for. For our children, we tend to start with wall color because it's the least expensive way to make a powerful change. So I want to caution you against doing something that I experienced several times while I was working in the design center of the paint store helping people pick out colors clients would make appointments with me to pick out colors for their children's room they were, or they would bring their child in on their own. They'd go to that beautiful wall of opportunity, all those color chips on the wall. The child would select a color and then the parent would ha- either confer with me at a different time or simply just choose to select a different color and paint their room because they believed and they really did believe this their child wouldn't know the difference. And then all of these people that I worked with would wonder why they couldn't accurately forecast color. And I oftentimes wondered have this actually happened to you as a child? Now I do I do know that it is a skill to be able to look at a color and see what it's going to look like in a in a room. And it's one of the reasons I highly recommend you hire a color specialist if this is especially a large area you're investing a lot of money or you don't feel like painting it over because it can save you a ton of money whether it's somebody, you know, local to you that they're 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 everywhere. It's it's pretty easy to find a color specialist. And if you can't, I offer an online service. That's really accurate. A color specialist will also help you select, if we're looking at a strong color, the most appropriate place to to place that color to have the best impact. So if you choose to... You know, have your child pick out a specific color, you know, on a paint chip. Please, please don't switch it or do something different without sharing that with them. If you truly feel that what they've selected isn't appropriate, you know, it's too dark, it's too something, you know, there's always too something. Let them know your thoughts and if you, you know, if you need to consult with, with a professional, then do that because in the long run, that will be better. If you, because children, some children are really, really good. They just, they can see what something's going to look like when their parents can't and, you know, there is an, an innate creative ability that some children do come into the world with. So I've also experienced where the children had a vision that their parents couldn't see. And I was really lucky that I got invited to to work with some of those children and also sort of heartbroken when the, the child couldn't. Bring it to fruition. But it is true when left to their own accord, most children, especially younger children, do pick colors that are too strong for their space. The second place that we bring color into a room is through bedding. And I want to springboard right into this because another common mistake that people make is they they, fought, they go and buy the bedding first because it's, you know, it, it certainly is more expensive and a larger investment in the space. And then they try to pick the wall colors out of the bedding. Now, I've seen instances where this led to, uh, sometimes it's okay, especially if it's something, you know, sort of muted, but... The way that our body processes different colors and how we, how things get combined, I can be, that's a really, like in the design world, that's a really poor tactic. And not just, uh, that's not just me being a design snob. It's because I've seen it where it went wrong so many times and led to a lot of frustration. A lot of frustration for the you know the 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 people involved and and particularly grown-ups when you know they they bought some really gorgeous luxury bedding and then you know carried a pillow jam to the paint store and picked a color out of it and then painted the room even if they liked the color because, you know, this beautiful luxury bedding no longer had presence because it, 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 because it got washed out by the, you know, by whatever the color was because you're no longer seeing the color, you're no longer seeing the beautiful bedding. It all just kind of either blends together or there's a lot of different ways that it, that it's bad. I think it's funny how Pottery Barn tr- really became what it is today. I don't know if you know the history of Pottery Barn, but two brothers bought out a potter who had this massive inventory and was going out of business. They bought his, all of his product and then in order to market it they combined it with other elements to show people how to use the pottery and they sold it out pottery barn took off as an like an industry leader in bedding when they started showing they when they started publishing the paint colors when they partnered with Benjamin Moore showing the paint colors that were used in the images that enhanced the bedding and then every year they would you know they would release their their colors as part of their bedding collection and it gave people so much power to be able to recreate what they were seeing and then Pinterest came along and as you know, as soon as Pinterest came, then there was a lot of opinions versus actual knowledge, and some of it was really, really, really good, and some of it was really not quite so good. But what I want you to know from the design piece of trying to match color and bedding is that if you choose a color in the bedding and paint all of the walls in the room, or at least the most focal wall, just remember that your brain is always trying to create contrast. So even though the walls and the bedding might match, if the child chose, or you chose, the the bedding based on the because it had this color that they love in it, as soon as you paint the walls that, you no longer see it in the bedding. That's that's just the way your brain works is your brain sees the contrast. Your brain sees what's different. Your brain doesn't see what's the same. So I've had a number of experiences where people did that and then they, were, they felt that the outcome was really lackluster and they wanted to figure out a way to change it because... You know, they loved both things, but when they put them together, it didn't have the effect that they wanted. And it's one of the reasons that I love working from, you know, what we want the room to feel like and how we need it to support our child. You know, what do they feel like they need versus trying to get things to you know, to, to match. So I realize I've spent a lot of time telling you what not to do. And that's because I've experienced a lot of what not to do. And I didn't even know how prevalent it was until I had started working in this place. And it became magnified when I sold my own house and moved in with my husband and We were redoing the rooms for his youngest daughter and then to have my two daughters have, you know, space in their room and what we were working with. And my husband and his ex-wife had done what, you know, most people in the you know, 90s, 2000s were doing with, you know, when they were fixing rooms for their children is, except they were even, because they built their house, they not only let their children pick the paint color, the trim color, they let them pick the carpet as well. And the children are the first ones to tell you that the results were hideous. And... Uh, My husband to this day still stands stands by it, but his oldest daughter's room, who's no longer living with us at the time when we were, you know, when we were doing this, that poor child had one of the most hideous rooms that I have ever seen in my life. And I've been into hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. And so what do we do? If your child is gravitating towards a strong color, I recommend that you look around the space and figure out a way to do what what's known as color blocking. Color blocking is where you isolate a space and just paint that that color. And there's so many ways to do this successfully. One of the most fun ways that i have done this is a small room where we did a deep dark pink magenta ceiling and everything else was you know white and these soft silvery tones and it had an extraordinary presence but it also had this air of sophistication it was so fun to create and it's important to know that when you're painting ceilings though that ceilings are one of the most uneven surfaces in your house is the reason it's because it's really hard to finish you know it's really hard to 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 do drywall on a ceiling and so ceilings tend to be quite bumpy and it's a reason that they get painted in very very flat paint so you can't tell how bumpy they are so if you choose to do the ceiling as color blocking just know that you're going to want to use a flat paint and if you choose to do something different than that then you want to hire a professional who can get the ceiling to because um, you might find a picture with this beautiful high gloss ceiling on Pinterest or in a magazine and, and it just looks magnificent and trust me, it does. I, I have done it, but it's going to show every little bump and crease. And if it's not done, if it's not done professionally, it can, it can be really off putting. A wallpaper is also another great way to either break up a lot of color I've done that successfully when people have painted a color and they really liked it, but it just felt too strong. And I'm going to share with you before we go some of the symptoms that the color is too strong in your child's room currently to see if you might want to make some of those changes. Or you can find a wallpaper. And I'm going to have a link to Spoonflower in the show notes on the episode webpage, episode hereyespodcast.com forward slash episode 112 you can you can go there and you can you know you can get a plain wallpaper that you know has whatever color you want to feature there's some peel and stick versions it's a great way to bring color i've also done it successfully where you know, we needed to introduce an element of focus. The child was having trouble studying. And so we brought a color that enhanced their ability to concentrate and focus in a way around a desk area. Um, we have created meditative spaces or, you know, quiet time spaces, depending on how young they are and what we wanted to, you know, what we what we wanted to infuse in there uh, just by painting one you know, little corner, one little area in a color that enhanced the ability to quiet down and, and reconnect with their good emotions. And again, that's one of the things that we often forget is certain colors, particularly like strong pinks have are going to enhance our child's emotional experience. So if they're if they're, you know, if they're struggling or acting in a way where they're being over where they're where they really need to express their emotions and they're acting out in a way that that you feel needs to be punished for them and then you send them to a room that is only going to enhance the feelings that they're currently having they're going to really struggle with being able to pull themselves together if that was the intention for you know for how you were hoping to you know for for them to recognize what they were doing and it might sound a little bit like I'm bashing on pink I 100% am not uh both of my children had Pink in their rooms. One of them was probably too strong a pink, but again, that's knowing what you know and and coming, you know, learning on the fly. And a soft pink can can actually be quite soothing to that emotional experience and help you process it because you know, pink is the color of unconditional love. Pink is the color of happiness playfulness joy so if it's something that your child is gravitating toward you you absolutely want to embrace it but if you notice that they're experiencing the negative sides of it you know feeling overly emotional feeling unable to get a hold of their emotions then that's the indication that you you know, you might want to break it up a little bit. So we want to think in terms of not just having less of the color, because sometimes that's, you know, the place that people go. But what can we incorporate that moves them, that's, that balances it? And we all know that wonderful, you know, yin-yang uh, that comes from the Eastern traditions and the teaching of balance and the perfect example in this case is incorporating turquoise which is a color of connection to emotions and by connection we tend to think of understanding and it does increase understanding and the ability to be explorative of your feelings, find meaning in your feelings. And this is not necessarily something that we need to, you know, depending on the age of your child and how deep they want to go into this. You know, I've taught my design camps with the girls, I would say around, you know, 12 or 13 into like 16, 17. They love exploring these concepts because they do feel a deep resonance especially the ones that are interested in design they feel this deep resonance and they understand what we're talking about when we start to talk about color and I've experienced it with younger children they just they aren't as able to be verbal about it but when we show them the colors together and they tell me how the feet they feel when I show them what's what's happening you can you can just see it in in their body language, in the way that their face lights up, and and sometimes they even come up with really great ideas themselves on where or how they can incorporate, you know, the color that very specifically. Blue is a color that has the. A, Ability to bring in tranquility. And I've talked about this so many times. And for a child that experiences a sense of anxiety, a sense of separateness, a sense of overstimulation, blue can have a wonderful calming effect on them, even if it's not something that they love even if it's just a you know even if it's just creating somewhere that they can have in a way that you know that 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 they can go to to have that relaxation most times when it gets incorporated into that space or you know sometimes they even might start to ask You know, they might start to ask for that, but they're very uninspired by what they see out in the world and they don't have the words or the ability to express what it is they really want or what they really need. And that's one of the reasons I like to provide them with physical tools. You know, sometimes those physical tools are as simple as, you know, markers and or crayons and a big piece of paper and sometimes it's like my bedroom planning guide where they get to cut out things and move them around and, and dream into their space and, and you know, play with play, putting colors in different spaces. And just a reminder, the bedroom planning guide is free. It's a free resource that's on my podcast website that is a great jumping off point for any space that you want to design for your child. Blue helps with communication. Blue helps with speaking up, speaking up for yourself. Blue helps with skin issues. I often find that those two elements are are, are quite related. The inability to speak up for yourself and, and uh, a problem with, you know, in, an inherent problem with skin, whether it's acne, psoriasis, those kind of things. Things that we often hear something that there's, you know, nothing you can do about except, you know, with heavy chemicals. But when we bring support and to the whole body, to the whole system, to the whole person, we can start to discover relief. I want to touch on orange because orange is a color that most people don't gravitate towards or don't think of. And I have to say honestly that when I had children of people that I have worked with in the past who are expressing a strong need for orange. They it's, it's one of the few times that, that people actually come to me asking how, you know, how can we do this? Because it doesn't make sense to put orange in a room, but orange has a wonderful ability to support, especially in uh, not just support creativity, but support the ability to ex to move out of shyness or the inability to feel like they're part of something. And Orange has this wonderful supportive ability to help someone work through grief or shock or trauma. Some of those things that our children don't know how to express what they're feeling because, and they, they only know how to act. They don't, they don't know, and orange helps them process the feeling as opposed to just like an active, you know, taking action, which, which moves them away from something that might feel icky or uncomfortable, And that's really the main point I wanted to get across with this episode is if we know what we want to support our child in, no matter how old they are, no matter where they are, that we can invite in the colors and the combination of colors to create that sense of support to create that harmony, that harmony that we all yearn for in our own homes, but in a way that helps them feel whole and able to communicate and process through their, whatever that they're going through. And I love the co-creative process when instead of bringing our own likes and dislikes and what we think that something should be when we have the chance to listen to what they're saying and listen to what they really need and design their space from that place of their creativity, from their insight and being curious about where that might be coming from and what they might intuitively know but in an educated way that helps them feel their best helps them to thrive in their environment which is what we we long for ourselves we long for our children as much as i've seen horror stories of And and horror is probably a strong word, but when you start to know what you know, too much of a color or how a color does affect us physically and emotionally, how you know how it makes us respond to the outside world, you you could go that far. I've also had experiences of where the parents stepped in and and transform the space without the child's involvement and that's that can have some really strong negative impact on our children as well because they do have this ability to tap into, you know, the younger they are, the, the, the stronger they can tap into their own feelings and emotions before they have, you know, so much outside influence. So balance is the most important thing to realize, you know, recognize that if, if there are physical or emotional itch- issues that your child has there are design elements either color or structure that we can deal with them you know creating clear boundaries creating focus for a child who who struggles to focus creating support for their nervous system, for a child who struggles with getting, with, the, with being overstimulated, creating joyous spaces, for a child who gets sad, being able to identify where you know, a child who doesn't want to be in their room, who doesn't want to spend much time in their room, is there a reason that they feel that way? Don't be afraid to inquire. I've worked with parents and children who the parents felt like they spent so much money on redoing their child's room. And maybe they even brought, you know, maybe their child was even a part of that. And maybe their child thought that I I have, I can think of one instance where, you know, a designer came in and, 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 helped them and you know the child was part of the process but at the end of the day child didn't want to be in there and it's okay to ask why because sometimes the changes that you can make even if you felt like you've already made all the changes and it didn't work having your child have the ability to have a safe nurturing supportive place to go is the most important thing and it, the changes in the, that we made in this room were so simple but completely changed the way and it it was just that there was there was no whimsy left in the space it was perfectly curated and beautiful but the child even though she you know liked what was going on she no longer felt connected to her space and so we did some really simple things you know just recovered a window seat cushion and reorganized the way actually the child did this herself she as soon as we reorganized the window seat she redid her bookshelves and 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 changed up the art and then moved the way her stuffed animals were in there and and couldn't wait to go in to her space. So what I wanted you to take away from this episode is that there are so many ways that we can support our children when we get inquisitive with them about what they need when we open the door for them to begin to feel free to express what they need when you have your own observances of things that they might struggle with take a look around and see how you can support them what you can do to create more harmony or more structure or more softness or more light or more color we've fallen into a trap of of grayness even in our own children's rooms you know it can feel really modern to start with but it can feel empty and void and if you know every if they have other things in their room that have color but everything is white and gray because you know they're attracted to the images that are all clean Bringing in splashes of color that support them are only going to enhance that white, clean, modern look if they're done in a way that is repetitive and intentional. There's a way to take whatever they have, wherever you are, whatever budget you're on, and go from that space. There's so many ways. When you have a plan, when you have an idea, when you know what the end goal is to create from the back forward to create from the end goal that don't require huge investments. They don't they don't require professional help if you take the time to communicate to write things down, to encourage your child to write things down, to experiment, to play around. I'm gonna have more information on, if you need to go back and listen to any of the episodes that I've done on color, color as a healing modality, the different influences color have, don't feel like because you've already quote unquote done your child's room, that you can't make changes as they need it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna caution you that sometimes they're gonna be resistant to the changes that they might need. But when you go to them with them together, from a place of information and insight and experience and and, and experimentation, and say, "Hey, why don't we try this?" Most children are welcome to the idea and most all children feel the energy of change and they love it when it's ha- even if they're resistant at first because you know depending on their personality is their level of resistance and even if something is not supporting them they can still hold on to it because it's what they know So as a gift to you for, you know, hanging out here as I'm, you know, kind of jumped up and off in my soapbox, I am offering for the month of February. You can go to the episode webpage, you can go to my website, and you can get my four-part course that includes A one on one design consultation with me and you and your child after you've done the communication work, after you've worked through the different modules, after you've played around with your space, after you've taken an objective look at your space, where I come in and I help you create a space that is truly supportive of your child. This is normally $444. I made it an angel number because. Uh, that's just protective it's a really wonderful course and it teaches you how to use what you've already done I'm doing it for 50% off for February I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it that way through the entire month of February that way I'm not one of those people that you know I don't respond well when you know somebody tells me it's a limited time offer and you know you can only get it for now I want you to think about it. I want you to walk into your child space. Maybe if you need to download the bedroom planning guide as a jumping off point and take a look at that, take a look at some of the information that I have in there, and then see if you need more assistance, see if you need more guidance. A lot of what's in the course is a communication point, so both people can uh, – and when I say both people, I mean child and parent or parents – can understand what each other's needs are in their space, cause sometimes, quite honestly, a parent needs more order in the chaos than the child might currently have, or even feel like they need. All of our personalities go together and harmony is the place where we find the most joy. Thank you, my friend, for being here. I know this was a long one. I know there was a lot more that I wanted to talk about today. You know where I am if this is something that you need help with. This is, of all the things that I do in the world, bringing inspiration and creativity to your child and supporting them by helping them Create a space is my greatest and most profound joy, and I love supporting people as they go through this process and their commitment to their child, and really finding a way to give them what they need. So. I love you for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Have a beautiful week. I have an amazing episode for you next week. A guest that you're going to love if harmony is something you're trying to create in your home and want to look at it from a new perspective. It's a great conversation with a fellow interior designer and author that's just gonna continue this beautiful conversation on bringing more support and harmony into your life. Take care. Thank you my beautiful friend for being here today. I just wanna remind you that you are a beautiful light in this world and don't be afraid to shine because the world is a better place because you're in it and if there's a woman in your life a girl in your life that you know that needs to hear that I encourage you to reach out to her today and remind her just how extraordinary she is. And if there's someone who you feel like could benefit from the conversation that we had today on the podcast, I would love, it would mean the world to me for you to share this conversation with someone in your life today. If you haven't had the opportunity to subscribe to the podcast, please head over to Apple. And subscribe there are directions on the inhereyespodcast.com web page that give you complete instructions if you've never done that before on Apple and also on Spotify all you have to do is hit the follow button and you'll be part of the community and speaking of community here with season four we have created The In Her Eyes podcast forum as a community page. So head over there, introduce yourself, say hi, let me know what this podcast has brought into your life and the wisdom, your wisdom, the wisdom that has come to you through listening. Because I know together... We are powerful, beautiful women. Until next time, so much love.